Hi guys and welcome to a very special episode of the In The Hub podcast, brought to you by Playbox Technology UK. This episode marks one year since our first ever episode, and we've come a long way since then. To celebrate, we're releasing a two-part series debating the future of live sports in broadcasting. As a company, we have a number of customers who deal with the stresses and excitement of broadcasting live sports to millions of viewers across the globe. It's a topic that we're really passionate about, and we've brought some experts onto the podcast to discuss what the future holds for live sports broadcasting. This week, we're joined by Harm Van Houten from Your Side and Wilfred Voost from Sport Media Net. Both Harm and Wilfred are incredibly well-versed in live sports broadcasting, helping their customers to navigate the sports landscape and make a real impact with audiences. Really hope you enjoy this episode, and thank you again to all of our listeners for streaming and downloading our podcast over the past year. Yeah, so welcome to the podcast, guys. Harm and Wilfred, uh, how are you guys both doing today? I'm fine, thanks. Fine, thank you. Yeah, it's good to hear, guys. Um, and it's really great to have you back on. I was just looking back through through the episode list. Um, Harm, I think you were our third episode on the podcast. And then Wilfred, I think you're a bit further up at 35. Um, and it was just, it took me back on a trip to look back at those, to be honest. I was, you know, we've come quite a long way. We're nearly at 50 episodes now. Um, and this will just be our way of kind of doing a one-year anniversary episode uh, where we talk a little bit about sports broadcasting um, and the future of that. So again, thank you guys very much for coming on today. You're welcome. Just to briefly recap, guys, and we'll, we'll start with you, Wilfred. Uh, how did you come to be involved in sports broadcasting? Yeah, well, as previously said, uh, from its start in the early days, television and sports and then the wonderful alliance. And since I've been working all my lifetime in uh, in TV broadcast, uh, I think there were no escape uh, to to be involved in the in the TV sports business. Uh, and today, uh, TV sports content uh, is one of the few content I said uh, uh, with uh, broadcasters used to differ from competition. And uh, that said, it's more than obvious working in the broadcast environment that uh, sport has taken an essential part of attention and, of course, of my business. And for many years in various functions, I was heavily engaged to provide services, equipment, tools to support almost all major sports events worldwide, uh, soccer world championship, uh, soccer Bundesliga, Mediterranean Games, Olympics, Formula One, etc. So, I mean, sports was always part of my my professional business life. Yeah, yeah that was always an interest to yours, Wilfred. And Harm, how did you come to be involved in, in the kind of sports side of broadcasting? Uh, well, it's a, a sort of a logical step as uh, broadcast is primarily sports nowadays. Um, so yeah, you, you, you kind of get dragged into the sports side of things, uh, uh, automatically. And it's, well, pretty much the, uh, the, the place where all the magic happens. It's where a lot of, in, in, uh, uh, innovations happen. Uh, it's where, uh, uh all the, the spiffy graphics come from. It's, yeah, it's pretty much on the, uh, well, the broad, the broadcast side where things happen. Yeah. I think a lot of excitement obviously happens in sport. I think a lot of stress also happens in sport. So not even for the athletes, but but obviously operators and, and the actual broadcasting side of it as well. So, sometimes you would think that the Olympics should have an additional category for just the broadcasters. <laughs> <laughs> the cameraman just, just running around. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, Price for fastest cameraman. 
<laughs> so let's get straight into it then, guys. Um, Harm, do you think that streaming and, and OTT delivery, do you think these kind of delivery mechanisms are the future of live sports as we know it? I think, yes. Um, it, it's quite in short because there's so much going on. Uh, there are not enough linear channels where you could put everything on. Um, of course, the major uh, things like Bundesliga, uh, Olympics and that kind of stuff. Yes, of course, you can can put that uh, on pretty much every linear channel. But all of the B sports that you see coming up now where uh, uh, more localized sports clubs also start to uh, uh, bring their content towards uh, the internet and towards the viewers. Um, yeah, OTT platforms and uh, streaming will be a, a, a major contributor of the sports broadcasting section. Yeah. And what about you, Wilfried? Do you think that OTT and, and streaming, that's the future of, of live sports delivery? Yeah, like in or not, I think we have to accept that there is already a change in consumer behavior towards streaming and auto delivery taking place today. So, I mean, I'm convinced that we will see more change in, in consumer behavior, uh, uh, such as a shift. I, I've spoken recently with you about it from today, very popular sport disciplines towards a growing diversity of sport offerings uh, on all screens. Yeah. Uh, new disciplines, esports, fantasy sports, gaming, etc. And in addition, the user behavior of the younger generation will lead to consume more short form content instead of watching uh, a full live uh, uh, sport broadcast in full length. And all this will lead to increased offerings in sport uh, content uh, on TV. And finally, consumers prefer to watch sport content on a diversity of screens nowadays. Yeah? particular mobile screen with a kind of personalization and that's why we'll see a further shift from classical TV distribution from my point of view towards OTT in the future. I mean, there is not anymore an excuse to say uh, that the, the reach is a, it's a killer argument. Uh, the Zone reported that uh, in the US uh, today more than 250 TV sets are connected to the internet and of course all the mobile screens etc. I mean, OTT is given. Yeah, that's uh, there's no escape. Yeah. No, I completely agree, guys. On on the flip side of that, uh, do you think there's a still this kind of strong market for satellite delivery for live sports, and and why do you think that is? Yeah, maybe. Uh, and, and satellite delivery still has its strengths, I, I think, whereas a traditional one-to-many distribution remains as a, as a tool of choice from my point of view. However, the linear dominance and self-satellite distribution is on decline. I mean, we have to accept that. As a, a UK Deloitte uh, December report mentioned uh, or highlighted that the digital streaming services are rising sharply yeah? and uh, that there is no escape and... Uh, yeah, satellite will have its its uh, its its uh, let's say its part uh, in in the traditional distribution model, but uh, as said, it will be on decline. Yeah, and what about you, Harm? Do you think there's uh, still a strong market for satellite delivery for live sport? Do you think there always will be a strong market for it? Well, it, I, I don't say a strong market. There will be a market for it. Um, it, I, I think uh, a satellite is sort of a, a technology which is resilient. It's reliable, um, so it will be. It, it will stay around. As for uh, uplinks, as for downlinks, it's easy to set up for uh, uh, countries where, uh, uh, well, cable penetration isn't that far ahead already. So yeah, it for the time being, I would say 10, 15, maybe twenty years, it it, it will still be around. It will change slowly with uh, uh, initiatives like uh, Starlink, uh, uh, OneWeb, and, and and 
all uh, 4G, 5G, it, it will slowly change. But I think for uh, the, the upcoming 10 to 20 years, you'll certainly see satellites still be uh, uh, there with a strong foothold uh, uh, on its current position. Yeah. No, I completely agree, guys. Um, I wanted to kind of pick your brains on this topic. Uh, I'm not sure how much uh, kind of experience you guys have had in these these certain kind of innovations, um, but virtual reality and augmented reality, obviously, uh, quite hotly debated topics when it comes to live sports and, and live sports broadcasting. Do you think there is a, a kind of valid future for these technologies in the future of live sports? Yes, from my point of view, yes. The sport is emotion, and as more as service providers are able to to engage consumers into a match or a game as more benefits they can generate from uh, from for themselves growing customer base etc and uh, virtual reality and and data scientific business models which goes along with the use of these new technologies will certainly play a significant role in the future uh, for example metadata of selected players can be can can be provided and users can compare the, the data and uh, physical fitness speed running distance in sport etc there's so so much stories you can tell with the, with the help of this new technology and and humans like narratives uh, with the help of the new technology narratives can be told better and more user centric yeah. and uh, think about fantasy games with the interaction of users which can be provided with the help of ar and VR. so I mean, yes that will for sure play a major role in sport broadcasting yeah 100 yeah, what about you harm do you think you'll be uh, wearing a vr headset to uh, to watch the basketball anytime soon oh well not maybe a vr headset but i think that um uh, things like uh, uh, virtual uh, uh, additions to to uh, statistics to uh, 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 explain certain uh, game scenarios uh, where if a player would have done this how would the ball uh, a ball end up then um, so go more into in depth into uh, uh, situations that uh, uh, has arisen during the game, I think that will have a, a major contributing factor in the experience people have watching uh, a, a game on any of the platforms. Um, and it might be AR, it, it's, uh, well, as Liv uh, just mentioned, uh, a metadata-driven uh, uh, graphics where you can get uh, things uh, uh, on detail like the number of steps a, sp a specific player has made during uh, a specific action um and and you'll see i think uh, the junior sporters will try to imitate uh, certain moves by uh, uh, getting the the, the the details the the, the feeling from uh, uh, the broadcast they will try to start imitating they will start to try uh, 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 well, do the same things as their idols do, and and I think that's the big advantage of uh, adding these types of graphics, metadata, uh, uh, and well, creating a complete sports experience. I think yeah, there are no limits really to what AR and, and VR can obviously do for sports. Um, and and me personally, I think if if it's a sport I'm really you know passionate about, um, I would definitely be be paying a couple of extra dollars, a couple of extra pounds to to get access to in depth stats and and stuff like that. And in-depth knowledge, I, I really agree with that, guys. I think that's a really good point. Well, that, that, that's actually something that's already happening with uh, uh, companies like um, 
uh, uh, Genius, uh, for instance. Genius is a, a sports computer uh, uh, statistics company, uh, uh, and, and and they uh, uh, are well slowly rising uh, uh, in in the way that they handle the data. There's more and more information coming from. Take FIBA Stats, which is a, a, a piece of software that the scouts next to the field use during the basketball. The amount, the vast amount of data that comes from that, and that's just manual inputted data. Uh, imagine if you put sensors in the floor, if you put uh, cameras overhead, if you start, well, combining all of that data, then you can pretty much, we, we did a test at one point where we just took the flat data, so not the uh, uh, actual captured data, but just the flat data from the FIBA stats software. We were almost able to do a complete 3, 3D render of where a ball would be just based on the uh, actual, the just on the flat metadata, which is user uh, uh, inputted. Imagine what you can do when it's, uh, a full sensorized field, a, a, a sensorized ring. Um, and that's just then just basketball. Tennis, for instance, with the uh, uh, in or out signaling uh, is already pretty much a, 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 a sort of an advanced version of AR. Yeah. So, it, and, and that will only advance further. I agree. You might make it sound really exciting, Harm, actually. Uh, and I'm, I'm really excited to see what the kind of future holds with that. Well, for, 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 from my perspective, I'm, I'm usually uh, on the play outside and on the uh, uh, side where we generate these uh, graphics. It is really uh, uh, exciting because what, what you see uh, uh, coming together from all of these lines and lines of code and data and then getting that to, to form a virtual surrounding a virtual uh, uh, field where then the completely captured action takes place again uh, but then drawn from a computer uh, generated image that you can completely swivel around and and look at all angles that can give you extra in-depth information uh, you can add a look and feel to a, a, a match which unfortunately for all of the clubs you can't do when you're in the stadium the stadium has its own uh, uh, acoustics its own uh, 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 look and feel and and the only way to bring that towards the couch is to use AR to use uh, uh, these types of graphics it, it's 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 almost uh, uh, unbearable to not have it no, yeah, completely agree. And and to move over to kind of viewing methods, guys, as opposed to kind of delivery methods and things like that. Uh, do you guys personally think that this whole kind of pay per view model is is becoming outdated for sports, uh, more so in favour of of these kind of convenient month, monthly subscriptions we've been seeing, uh, or do you think pay per view is still very much a, 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 a the best choice for consumers? As far as consumer needs are concerned, I'm convinced that there is not a one-size-fits-all business model available. So, so some users may like the, the pay-for-view model, whereas others may in favor with the subscription model. I mean, from my point of view, important for providers is uh, the need to listen to their customers. So in, in even more fragmented sport, medium environment with an ever-growing sports content offerings, 
uh, it is important that uh, all the players can monetize the investment as much as possible. Yeah? And for sure, both models uh, can live in the perfect harmony from my point of view. And new models like the NBA Elite Pass, for example, are going to address additional customer needs and generate growth. So that means there is not uh, black and white. I mean, there can be anything in between. And from my point of view, providers need uh, to experiment more and find out what works best for the customer. For example, a game pass could be a solution, a subscription for a selected team to attract maybe more customers. Yeah. So there's so, so, so much in between. And I think you can't say that pay few will be the, the model for the future or subscription. I think there's, there's a lot uh, in between which can... Uh, used by the service providers to to generate growth yeah. Yeah. My part of it. no I, I really agree with that Wolf. and it's interesting you say that i think uh oftentimes with monthly subscriptions obviously you feel a little bit left out when there's a month with with not as much sporting activity obviously uh, if you're locked into a kind of like a 12 month contract or something like that um so that's obviously when pay-per-view kind of comes into play but i would love to see this more kind of specialist whatever works for the customer basically so like you said uh, team-based subscriptions uh, in boxing you know you, you just pay to see a single fighters fights or, or something like that I think that would be brilliant the more specific we can get uh, uh, the better uh, better for consumers I think um, and what do you think Arm? do you think pay-per-view is, is still uh, untouchable in terms of sports broadcasting well um, as we touched on uh, just now I, I think it will be uh, in harmony so you'll have a monthly subscription versus a, uh, a pay-per-view uh, uh, kind of way um, and that might be because you're just well you're into uh, uh, football but just not match a doesn't really well you you don't care about that, but all of your matches of your local club you want to see. So you will subscribe as a, a, a monthly model to your local club, but you will add the uh, club A matches when only when they are interesting uh, to you. Or So you'll sort of end up with a, 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 a blend. You, you might not like horse racing, but you do like uh, soccer. So you'll, but the horse racing to, for tomorrow is might be interesting so you'll add that as a pay-per-view but the soccer you have as a subscription model so it, it, it'll be uh, uh, like uh, uh, partially netflix partially pay-per-view it's that's the thing with sports it's so uh, uh, largely uh, uh, and widely uh, available as in the number of and sorts of sports that you have um, that and, and people are widely interested. So they might like, like soccer, they might like horse racing, they might like basketball, but they don't like tennis. So why would I pay for uh, a subscription monthly with tennis in it? Because I don't care about tennis. But someone else doesn't like horse racing. So I, I think you'll end up with a long list of tick boxes you can uh, tick. Okay, I want to subscribe to these as a monthly uh, thing. And then you get an email whenever there's a match that sort of meets your AI criteria. Because I, I, I think that's the way that that uh, uh, the majority of people will uh, will watch their sports. In the Netherlands, we had quite a number of uh, really pay-per-view initiatives. Well, we Dutch are sort of conservative, so when we turn on the TV, we expect to see something and not like a coin device popping up and then a credit card needs to go uh, uh, next to the television. 
but that's me maybe us dutch trying to be cheap um <laughs> but yeah it, 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 i i think it'll be uh uh 50 50 so you'll act, it's like in a restaurant you order uh, uh your food and you add your uh, drinks you add whatever you uh, uh you like to decide to it so i i think that's sort of what it's gonna uh, gonna be yeah no i completely 100 percent agree guys i think uh what's really important to remember there like you said wilfred is it's it can't be a one-size-fits-all thing can it because there's like harm was saying so many different sports so many different types of fans whether it be casual or, or completely obsessive um not one way is going to work for all of those guys is it so I, I completely agree with you guys there um and then out of all the kind of future developments that are on the way for sport so we, we obviously spoke about vr and ar but uh, if we're considering things like 8k and, and 5g and things like that uh which one do you guys think is going to be the most exciting for broadcasts so if we we start with you wilfred from my point of view, it's very clear. Data, we have spoken about it. Data to be used to tell stories with the help of AR or VR. People like stories and new stories to be told. I mean, that's, that's let's say, my favorite new technology to take place. In contrast to 8K, I'm convinced that consumers take more benefits out of improved enhanced audio, for example, or an improved uh, 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 higher contrast, higher resolution is is not let's say the the, the, the real answer. There is so much dependency on of screen size, viewing distance. The user uh, uh, use of 8K is really uh, uh, not a remarkable benefit for most of the customer, from my point of view. And furthermore, knowing that more than 50 percent of sports content offerings are consumed on mobile devices, uh, 8K does not really offer their real benefit. So. I, my 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 favorite is is the data, yeah. And as as said, uh, enhanced audio and improved HD uh, technology. I think that that uh, it's 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 better than the eight K uh, solution. Yeah, hundred percent, Wilfred. And and what about you, Harm? What do you think is going to be the most exciting kind of innovation for sports broadcasting moving forwards? I think right next to metadata, uh, it'll be remote uh, production. I think you'll see uh, more and more. Uh, stadiums come on net of a facility uh, provider or maybe even the broadcasters themselves. So uh, uh, with the old in uh, introductions of uh, SMP2110, uh, uh, AES67, uh, SRT, all of the protocols that are out there, um, I think you'll see more sports coming towards OTT and uh, 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 on demand. Um, using these technologies and even towards linear uh, stations, this will be more and more a, a, a remote thing. That said, it will also take a bit of the emotion out of the production itself, but um, it makes it vastly more efficient uh, uh, to do more with the same equipment um, so that you can provide more sports, more insights, um, and you can do um, detailed uh, uh, graphics with even because you don't have to travel with the equipment uh, with the main and most expensive equipment so you can do uh, uh, immersive, uh, immersive graphics for sports that usually have just a little budget with a little uh, truck so now you can do all the big graphics also for the, uh, the smaller sports so you can bring them more 
uh, attractive to the uh, to the screen using remote broadcast. And then 5G and and things like that. I think mostly fiber, but 5G will have its part in that as well. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I think there's so many benefits that can be said for. Uh, like you were saying, centralizing production, keeping it all in one kind of central unit, um, and not having this this massive expenditure of obviously sending out all of the equipment uh, to wherever it needs to be. Um, so I think there's some really good points there, guys. I think sometimes you can get lost in uh, some of these these way out there kind of exciting prospects, like like we're saying VR. You know, you being able to sit in a stadium with a headset on. Um, sometimes we tend to forget that there are real changes happening now and, and you know, there's real transformations happening now uh, that, that can really have a, a big impact on sports broadcasting, um, which will be really exciting. Uh, so you guys are obviously going to be quite familiar with this question. We asked it last time, so th- this is no trick question for you guys. You, 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 you're well prepared. Um, <laughs> and it's just in, in one word, uh, what do you guys envision for the future of the sports broadcasting industry? So, if we start with you, Harm, I would, if I was to put it in a single word, I would say that sports broadcasting uh, will be more innovative. Innovative. So there will be more innovations in in uh, uh, graphics, more innovations in data uh, being used. Uh, I think that's that that's the biggest thing that will happen over the coming uh, few years with uh, within sports yeah no i love that and what about you wilfried what what do you envision for the future of sports broadcasting uh, if you had to condense it into one word yeah uh, as as previously said i i'm i the change in consumer the push classical broadcast to take more active roles they must adapt their business to the ott world from my point of view and um uh, as I said, uh, in the past, from my point of view, consumers search for content and in future, uh, content is searching for consumers. So that means you have to be more attractive with your service uh, for your customers. So that means you have to put the customer in the middle and listen to their needs. And uh, uh, I think that becomes really important for all players uh, in, in the sports business. It's not that the sport itself will sell. I mean, you, the, the, the broadcasters, the players, the service providers, they have uh, to, to play a much more active role and to find, uh, let's say, it's a, it's a, it's a customers in, in the OTT world. And of course, this will widen, of course, also the reach uh, for them. Yeah. So so what would your one word be, Wilfred? Would it be customer or, or would it be content? What, what would you, if you had to put it into one word and one word only, what, what would you choose? Uh, uh, extended services for the customers. <laughs> <laughs> Wilfred, we'll take it. We'll take it. Only because it was such a great answer. Uh, we'll take it. Yeah, so so guys, thank you so much again for joining me today and, and kind of educating me a bit on, on those that kind of topic. Um, Harm, are there any exciting plans in, in the pipeline for you that you can talk to us about today? What's going on with you? Um, well, we're still uh, going strong with all of our uh, remote uh, solutions like SRT. Uh, we just recently added uh, RTS Intercom to our uh, uh, portfolio. So uh, we're slowly uh, trying to move forward into the remote uh, uh, broadcasting section. But then again, for major league sports, um, that's what we see a lot. Um, on the other side, we also see uh, uh, the medical side uh, uh, rising uh, for remote production. So more and more uh, operating theaters uh, uh, know the way towards us, uh, where we usually are a sort of a glue between uh, uh, the 
different locations, uh, different uh, hospitals, even uh, uh, theaters. So from one uh, hospital towards a theater so that doctors don't have to travel as much as they did uh, in the past. Um, sports, same thing. Uh, well, basketball is a bit slow now uh, here in the Netherlands. But uh, per September, uh, the competition will uh, uh, take place again. And we're one of the partners with uh, FIBA to deliver all of the games on, based on SRT with Intercom towards uh, uh, Azimut in uh, Bulgaria, I believe they're uh, located, um, to, to uh, well, sort of replace satellite technology uh, in the first step as an uplink. So we're going to be primary and they're going to be uh, secondary with satellites. So we're slowly moving uh, uh, that way. And well, we changed our slogan lately and we say that we're now into solution-based rentals. Uh, I see. I, see. <laughs> no, I really like that. I, I, you guys have always got some really exciting stuff going on. It's always about uh, pushing it to the next level, essentially. So I'm, I'm really excited to see what you guys come up with there. Um, and then, Wilfred, uh, any exciting plans in the pipeline for you that you can talk to us about? Uh, yes, uh, alongside with our customers, uh, we have uh, identified a need for extended monetization of investment in sport rights. I mean, uh, sport rights are increasing, and uh, of course, there is a need to 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 get more out of, uh, uh, of of your investment, and that's why we have recently established a new business segment uh, as Sport Media Net to support uh, service providers in advertising and marketing of sports media. So that means this is a new business field, and uh, we are more than happy that uh, we have a very experienced team uh, uh, now in Munich, based in Munich, on start and uh, uh, to support. Let's say the the. German and, of course, European uh, broadcasters and service providers uh, in the, in the marketing of sports. Uh, yeah, fantastic stuff, Wilfred. I, I, you know, I just think the sports industry is such an exciting place to be at the moment. I know uh, maybe when we spoke to both of you guys, uh, COVID was obviously still we were kind of in the thick of it, um, and not a lot of people really knew what was happening with sports at that point. Um, I think we're definitely coming out of the tunnel with it. I think there's definitely coming out with the light on the other side. Um, so it's really great to see what you guys have got going on um, in terms of exciting plans for the future. Uh, so how can people get in touch with both of you if they want to inquire? So Wilfred, how can people get in touch with Sport Media Net? Yeah, they can uh, contact me directly, uh, wilfred.wust uh, at sportnet.de or uh, info at sportmedianet.de. I guess you will provide, let's say, the data. And uh, yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. And Harm, how can people get in touch with your side uh, if they want to inquire about anything? Uh, well, find us at the, at the internet www.yoursite.nl or .tv. Logical for a TV production company, um, or just find me on LinkedIn. I'm always happy to connect with uh, uh, brothers in arms and 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 see if we can uh, uh, bring some projects to a, a successful. Well, I wouldn't say ending, but bring them on the road, bring them on the road successfully. Yeah. <laughs> get, get it going successfully. So yeah, guys, thank you so much for, for obviously coming on and joining me today. I really do appreciate it uh, for kind of educating me on that topic there. You're welcome. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye.